When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, beauty, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. I know you guys are going to love this conversation with Emma Mumford. She is the podcast host of Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. It is the number one spiritual podcast in the UK, and she's also the leading law of attraction expert in the UK. She's the author of the award-winning, best-selling, positively wealthy, and hurt, healing, healed. So she has an incredibly engaged YouTube community. She puts out new videos every week on these type of topics that I know you guys love. Law of attraction, manifestation, money management, spiritual practices. And that's what we get into in the podcast. She talks about her background from going from working in banking to becoming the coupon queen of the UK to moving into law of attraction and spiritual practice work. So we really get into what works for her, how she manages her days, her morning routines, her evening routines that set her up for abundance and manifestation and continued spiritual growth. Uh, We talk about energy shielding, something that a lot of people don't talk about, which is really important as you continue to work on yourself or go into any sort of career where you're working in a health, wellness, or spiritual space. Um, Energy sucking, psychic attacks, those things happen to a lot of people and most people don't want to talk about it or they aren't sure what that is. So we get into that. Spiritual practices for real life, creating abundance, the tools that really helped her shift from when she was at her dark night at the soul during a time when she didn't want to go on with her life to being where she is today, which is an incredible teacher, um, a glowing, happy human being that is really supporting humanity and individuals in wonderful ways. So enjoy my conversation with Emma Mumford. It was just such a treat to be able to have her on the show and then check out her podcast, Spiritual Queens Badass Podcast. I will be on her show in the fall and I hope you're able to tune in and catch the episode as well. But without further ado, here is Emma Mumford. Welcome, Emma. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. I'm so excited to be here today. 
there's so much that I want to learn from you. I'm so impressed with how you communicate with your community and your audience and your teachings of manifestation and law of attraction. Um, and you do such a good job of connecting with people in so many different ways. So I just want to start off by learning how you got into law of attraction. Yeah. So I guess the story kind of begins a little bit before I found Law of Attraction. So, but like we spoke on my podcast, those many awakenings we've had. Um, so go all the way back to 2012 is when I kind of had, I would say an awakening of some sorts where I was in a very different reality. I was working in a bank at that time as a banking manager. I was 20 years old, so super young. And for me, it was really a case of, I was experiencing um, anxiety, I was experiencing depression. I had no idea why at that point. And, you know, I just got this really incredible job. Everyone was saying how proud they were of me for having this banking role, not something I ever saw myself getting into, totally just fell into that industry. And I was having these severe panic, um, panic attacks, anxiety, depression. And it was a really difficult time for me because this was right at the end or well, right at the beginning of the breakup with the first not so great relationship where I was left in 7,000 pounds worth of debt. So when we broke up, I then had his debt in my name, in my legal name. At the age of 20, I had to clear that. So obviously, because of my anxiety and depression, I couldn't continue that job at the bank because not only was I going to work every day, putting people in debt, I also had my own debt that was now my responsibility and really bringing me down. So I knew that the banking job was not for me in any way, shape or form. It totally suppressed me. It totally depressed me. Um, and it was so hard to be able to have to say no to people when they were in desperate situations, needing money. And I just do not feel that environment was, you know, ever gonna be a positive environment for me in that sphere. So I left and got a part-time job just in retail to support myself, to get back on track after that breakup and also clear the debt as well. So that's when I came across something called extreme couponing, which you, everybody in America knows much about. Here in the UK, it was like unheard of at the time. And I thought, wow, like all these incredible people are getting like thousands of pounds worth or thousands of dollars worth of groceries for like nothing. And imagine if I could do that, that would help me get out of that debt quicker. So I decided to look what was available here in the UK at the time. And it was literally barely anything. There was nobody talking about it, only a few websites, few places that you could get coupons. It was very taboo here in the UK as most things are um, before it gets popular. And I thought, well, this is gonna be the thing for me that's gonna help me. So kind of six months went past and my friends would come around and they would see these big stockpiles in my spare room of all these, like it was a bit like a shopping, <laughs> shopping mall in my spare room where they could come and get some things they needed. And I would always have a supply of stuff. And you know, they said, why aren't you sharing this with people? Like people would love to hear this and you know, love to see how they could do it. Because I didn't know I could do this and I didn't know these were available. Um, so after a lot of pestering, I did start up a Facebook page and that's how my first business was born from that situation that I'd gone through, clearing that debt and obviously finding extreme couponing. And it was a big escapism for me, extreme couponing, because it was something positive that I could put my energy towards that was helping me, that was then helping others with uh, my Facebook page. And it eventually grew into a business after a year, never had any plans for it to turn into a business, didn't know how to run a business at all, had just fallen into that as well. Um, and I ran that business for six amazing years and 
had so many incredible opportunities with that business I was presenting on this morning, which is a big show here in the UK. Um, you know, having incredible opportunities and the page had over half a million followers, I think within a couple of years. So it really did massively take off. And, you know, alongside some other people in the industry, you know, we really did put couponing on the map here in the UK and, and bring that information to people so they didn't feel shameful or they didn't think it was taboo. That actually there was so much positivity that could come from coupon and money, um, you know, learning about money and money education. So um, yeah, I run that business up until 2018. So then my spiritual awakening where I came across the law of attraction came in 2016. So I was running that business at the time. I was in the second not so great relationship. And for me, this was a real deep dark night of the soul at that point, the first full blown on the floor spiritual awakening where I wouldn't have called myself spiritual before, I'd have called myself sort of atheist because I think I'd really given up on a lot of things at that point from experiencing depression, from experiencing anxiety. I kind of thought, well, why if there is a God or universe, why would I be feeling so awful like why would I have suicidal thoughts why would bad things happen to people in the world so I think I was very much of that mindset at that time so when that second not great relationship broke down that was it I was at an all-time low I was having suicidal thoughts and I thought like this is not me like I am just not that person that I ever thought would have suicidal thoughts and it just baffled me of where did this depression come from? Why is it like this bad? And I tried medication, I tried counseling, I tried CBT, I tried a lot of things to support myself, but nothing seemed to give me those long lasting or effective results, i.e. feeling happy or, you know, learning to love myself or actually experiencing joy in life. So it was really that catalyst of that breakup that really helped me to, to say that, like, you know, I've got to sort this out. Like I'm not gonna take my life. I have to sort this out. Something has to change. I want to learn how to be happy like, uh, you know, everybody else in the world. So that's when the law of attraction found me. And I find the law of attraction tends to find people rather than like you find it, it tends to find you. And I started hearing this word law of attraction, law of attraction, law of attraction. And I thought, what is this? Is this some kind of like dating thing, law of attraction? Like, what is this? Um, and I remember watching a clip that I typed in on Google, like how to turn a negative situation into a positive. And this woman came up and I was watching this video and she was talking about the law of attraction. And I was really resonating with what she was saying. And little did I know it was Louise Hay at the time. Didn't have any clue who this wise woman was, but I just really resonated with what she said. And from there, I found The Secret. From there, I read and watched the movie The Secret. Um, and it really was like a remembering, just like with couponing. It wasn't like something that I was learning. It was like, oh, of course, that's why I'm, you know, where I am in life. Of course, that's why that's happened to me up until this point. Of course, that's how life works. So really, again, just like couponing, it was that escapism for me through a really dark time in my life. And that kind of glimmer of hope and beacon of light, so to speak, that really transformed so much for me because within a couple of weeks of, you know, reading The Secret and trying these practices, reading the magic, you know, I was seeing huge shifts in my mental health. I finally learned how to love myself. You know, I was manifesting, you know, healing my acne at the time and 
other health things. And, you know, within like three to four week period, my life looked hugely different in such a short amount of time because I finally had the tools. I finally had the knowledge of how to work on yourself because self-development, again, here in the UK was so taboo at that time. So it was, you know, manifesting was like very, very, like never spoken about. Obviously the secret was known here, but it was again, spirituality, it was very taboo. And again, people just weren't aware of those things. Whereas now here in the UK, I'm sure it's the same in the States, everybody's saying manifesting, everybody knows about it. So it's great to see it have grown in so much volume over the years and be helping so many more people. And yeah, it was just incredible how it found me and you know really changed my life in a short amount of time. But just so you know, there was a time here where I had to keep that side of my life a secret as well. That yeah. choosing to not go to a bar on a Friday night and wanting to go to a yoga class or do a spiritual practice or get hands-on healing or do something that was positive and supportive for your body instead of what everybody else expects you to do on a Friday and Saturday night, there was a lot of shame and people would not want to have you in their circle if you were choosing a polar opposite way to live. It was very interesting. And what a great time for people to be learning about this and shifting into this because you are celebrated um, and invited and you can connect and make so many more friends. Whereas I think for us, it was a little isolating having to choose to work on ourselves and improve our eternal relationship and our life in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I was kind of started to realize I wanted to share the law of attraction on my channels, you know, I was obviously full blown money saving and couponing. And I thought people are going to think I'm mad that I'm sharing all these money tips. And I'm like, oh, law of attraction manifestation. So I was really careful about where I shared it. It was mainly on my YouTube at that point, but people loved it. And I was so, so lucky that people were like, yeah, I've read the secret. Yeah, I've heard about this. And oh yeah, I love that as well. And then it was kind of that natural transition where I'd outgrown the business in terms of I wanted to step onto my full spiritual path and help people in a new way, still about money, but in a new and evolved way of like manifesting happiness in all areas of your life. Um, And the business had outgrown me hugely. It got so big, it needed a team of people. Like I, it was kind of that ceiling moment where I knew I couldn't take it any further with the knowledge and the experience that I had. So it was a nice time to say, well, I can let that business go now. And I manifested the sellers for that business. And, you know, they've taken it to new heights and given it the energy that it needs. And, you know, I can continue, you know, my teaching journey, but in a different way now with law of attraction and manifestation. So it, at the time that was such a scary thing to do because obviously, you know, I'd had that stability for six-ish years at that point. So I thought, well, can you have a spiritual business? Can you just go from a really like grounded, normal business to, I'm going to be spiritual queen. I'm going to talk about manifesting um, and hope this works. So yeah, definitely now it feels like a whole different space we're in where everybody's so interested about these topics. And it's incredible to see that the information is reaching so many more people and helping more people. Um, But I'm sure you can agree as well, Whitney, it was definitely a kind of like blind leap of faith. Like I've just got to trust the process. (laughs) What are three of the things that you learned during that transition? What were kind of the three top manifestation or law of attraction tools you took away from all those different places where you were learning and applied and saw immediate action? 
I think during that time where I was right at the beginning of my kind of awakening, self-love was absolutely the first and foremost because that was really where I had like a zero on the scale. So for me, working on those self-love practices and having a dedicated self-care routine and learning to have that communication with myself and learning how to communicate and love myself was I think life-changing in itself for me because I feel like that then changed everything. The way that I felt, the way that I experienced life because our inner world reflects our outer world it always starts within us so if I was to say you know what's the quickest hack that you could have it would be work on the internal world you know if you want that relationship or you want that money or you want that career whatever it is you know what is blocking what is stopping that within you where is the resistance where is that energetic block that you can you know align with to attract that into your reality so for me self-love was such a game changer because that was something I was massively lacking or not educated on at that time. So I saw huge shifts with that. Second was a gratitude practice and something I still preach to this day. Um, gratitude is always the best attitude and what we give thanks for is only magnitude in our reality. So the more that we can express our appreciation and gratitude for those small and big things in life, the more that we will experience more reasons to be grateful and appreciative in our life. So having that dedicated gratitude practice each morning just again focused me in those really dark mm. days having that practice was not only life-saving for me, but also gave me purpose, gave me focus, gave me a new perspective on life that I didn't have before. So for me, it was instead of looking at what was going wrong, it was actually what's going right. What things can I be grateful for? Well, my healthy body, I'm healthy right now. I have clean water, I have a roof over my head. So it really almost took me back to those like what's really important in life instead of what I thought was important or, you know, the ego side of things, it really grounded me into actually strip it back to the basics and, you know, see how lucky you are. Even if you feel like at that point that you didn't have much or that, you know, everything was crumbling away, so to speak. So yeah, gratitude and self-love was so, so important for me at that time. And I guess the third thing, I want to say in that period of my life, it was really about community and friendships because it was a really difficult period of my life where a lot of people then sort of like phased out my life, i.e. my relationship I was in, my friendship groups. It was almost like once I'd had that spiritual awakening, like it was like I was a repellent or something where people were just like, nope. And I was like, oh God, like what's happening? I've lost my relationship. I've lost my friendships. Like, is this the worst thing that's ever happened? So it did feel like quite a lonely place as well because my parents didn't really understand what I was doing in terms of learning about the law of attraction. They didn't really understand what I would share with them, you know, what I was doing or how that was helping. So although they were always supportive, it was quite difficult to feel that support unit because they didn't really yeah. get it. And I feel like it was quite a lonely space in that place because I didn't necessarily have those friendships at that point to really have people to speak to. So I turned to online groups, I turned to law of attraction groups. And you know, that's hence why I set up my own law of attraction support group, because for me, that was so important in those early days to be able to speak to people who got it and who understood it. And you know, you could support one another and cheerlead one another. That's something I didn't have in the physical or, or near me at that time. And you know, over time I then started attracting lovely, beautiful friendships into my life lovely relationship and all those things. So I think a lot of those themes, a lot of people experience in the beginning because it is almost like that shedding, that purging of 
of your old life, of the old, so to speak, of that level. So it can feel quite lonely. And I think it's really important to surround yourself with that community and the people who are gonna uplift and cheerlead you. Yeah, it's okay that they're falling away. There's more that's gonna come back in. Mm. So you mentioned a lot about self-love, that that's a huge way that we can attract more of what we want in our life once we truly feel self-love. But I think sometimes when you hear that, you need to do things for self-love, you need to have self-love, that you don't even know what that is. So Mm -hmm. what are things that you can do to build your self-love or to show yourself love? Absolutely. And I write in Hurt, Healing, Heal, my latest book, it's a three pillar system. You know, it's not just a case of repeating some affirmations in the mirror and you're like, oh, I love myself. It's all good. Because as we know, it's a deep relationship that we have with ourselves. So the differences between self-love and self-care, because I think a lot of people see them as the same as well. Self-care is the physical things that we do to show ourselves that we love ourselves. It's the physical implementation of self-love. Whereas self-love is the one-to-one relationship you have with yourself, so how you view yourself, how you speak about yourself. You know, when you look in the mirror, what the words come up, that's your self-love relationship with yourself. So the pillars of self-worth essentially, is self-care first of all. So knowing that you have a physical practice, you carve and cultivate time out each week to be like, okay, this evening I'm gonna read a nice book, have a nice bubble bath. You know, it it may sound cliche, but actually those really simple things, whether it's treating yourself to a nice bit of food or, um, you know, watching a movie you haven't watched in years, or you're like, actually, I'm gonna listen to that podcast I've been putting off for two weeks and I really wanna listen to. Something as simple as that is the starting foundational points of our self-love, self-care pillar and we need that regular routine and that time because time's important as well that you carve out the time for yourself because that shows yourself I'm honoring myself I love myself enough to give myself this time so the self-care routine is kind of like the first foundational point of that and then we can then work on the self-love side of things because if we don't have the first pillar you can't really move up the other two pillars as we know so when you then have a solid routine in place that you're honoring each week or you know as much as you can that feels good to you you can then work on the one-to-one relationship with yourself because you've got that stability there you've got that practice that ritual that is supporting that relationship and that growth and that healing so to speak with your relationship with yourself it's like when people come to a one-to-one session with me and they're like right Emma I just want to go deep into the healing straight away heal my inner child I'm like well no we need the practices and the rituals there the foundation to support you because if I did that and then you got really triggered and you had no tools or anything to support you that's not that's not a good coach and that's not a good way to do anything so it's the same with self-love not to say that all those things would happen when you go into your self-love like inner work but ultimately you have to support yourself with those foundations and as you shared on my podcast Whitney about food having that as the foundation the basis of that home to build those solid foundations so when you can then go into the self-love side of things you're able to look at it from such a more practical point of view because you've got that support unit there you've got those tools and rituals to support that self-love so naturally I say when you're working on your self-care you're going to see your self-love score go up naturally because you're already working with those foundations so then you can start to look at how you speak to yourself you can start to look at how you view yourself in the mirror for example you can look at your relationship with your inner child because the inner child is so closely linked to that self-love relationship where how we speak about ourselves comes from the inner child so 
that frustrating voice that says, who are you to do this? Or, you know, whatever the comments are within our mind that we all have, I believe is our inner critic, our ego, but it is our inner child. So then we really have to kind of go into that relationship of healing the inner child, healing our relationship with ourselves. Maybe it's even healing your relationship with food as well. Um, you know, it can go so deep, the self-love journey. Um, a lot of people think that it can be just in front of mirror, repeating those affirmations or treating yourself to something. And yes, those things are, they count, they're part of that self-care routine, but self-love, is messy sometimes. Self-love is such a deep journey and you can't predict where it's gonna go at all. Um, but healing with the inner child and communicating with the inner child helps to build that level of self-love, honoring yourself, listening to yourself, listening to your body. All these things start to create those pillars of self-love. And then, and I think this is where people get confused with self-worth, is they feel like self-worth is, they're almost like three separate things if you have self-care, self-love, self-worth. But you cannot have true, authentic, embodied self-worth without embodying self-love first and without also embodying that self-care. So it's almost like a three-step routine of, you know, if you want to work on your self-worth, you've got to be working on those other two areas as well. So when you you know, you've embodied that self-love and you're at a good stage where it feels stable, it feels good and it feels regulated. Then you can look at the aspect of self-worth of, okay, now I have a solid self-care routine. Now I have a solid relationship with myself. Where am I not honoring my boundaries? Where can I assert loving boundaries in my life? Where do I need to know my worth more? Where, do I, where can I step into that more? So really the three go hand in hand. So I'm really sorry that that's like a long-winded answer, but um, you know, working on the three together gets you to that end goal of that full queen self-worth self. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond Real Salt, prepare the blends listening to Kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. I'd love to know what you were eating, what your diet and lifestyle was like when you were at that lowest point of depression, knowing that you needed to get out of that hole versus what you eat and nourish yourself with now. So when I was at the end of that second relationship, I was living with him. So obviously it was like, you know, co-creation meals. It wasn't just what I was giving myself. You know, I was cooking for both of us. He was cooking. So a lot of it was easy, quick meals because again, here in the UK, I'm sure it's the same for you guys in the States. That was very much the norm of like microwave meals, ready meals, you know, things coming in packaging, plastic. It's not, you know, for me, cooking things from fresh. I was 20 at the time. I had no idea how to cook. No one had really taught me. So yeah, I was definitely relying more on processed food, ready meals, 
anything sort of quick and easy to avoid the problem, which is very much kind of what I was, you know, experiencing in life in other areas as well, whatever was quick and avoiding the problem. So now what I eat, and again, like I've gone on such a journey um, over the years where I went vegan, I went vegetarian, I was trying so many different things because I was like, oh, well, to be spiritual, you know, you have to be vegan or you have to try that and you have to drink that and you can't drink that. And what I found was that as I spiritually awakened more and this journey with um, my gut and IBS gets deeper and deeper every flipping year it feels like. But I found that I was getting more and more sensitive to food mm -hmm. as well. So there were things that I just couldn't eat anymore. Um, alcohol, as soon as I had my Reiki attunement, like alcohol, my body just rejected. And it was like, nope, we're not doing that anymore. And I never drank a drop of alcohol um, since. And that was five years ago now. So I found that my body was more sensitive to things. Thank God it never rejected chocolate because I think I generally would be really sad if it did <laughs> but um chocolate I was fine with uh, but I found I was definitely more sensitive but then I realized years later that's my leaky gut and then I healed that and I worked with um a naturopathic doctor and obviously like worked on my gut so it's really interesting how I felt so sensitive to things but actually then when I did the inner work and the healing it was interesting where those problems were actually coming from and how they healed and now a couple of years ago, I could barely eat anything dairy now because I've supplemented. Simprove is one of my most favorite things for my gut. Done the inner work, or doing the inner work as it's always an ongoing journey. And you know, done I've done a lot of different things through mind, body and spirit. My gut is totally different. My IBS is totally different now. So it's really interesting how you get more sensitive, but also that healing journey has really actually changed how my body responds to food as well. So now for me, you know, there's so many different things. Like I'm definitely not perfect. <laughs> I would never claim to be. I definitely eat a mixture of food um, and I'm definitely more conscious of I want to put more time into it. That's something that's definitely shifted for me that I want to learn to cook. I want to learn to be conscious with my food. I want to be more intentional with it because you know, it, I think a lot of us can resonate with this, that before it was very much quick, whatever I can grab, I haven't got time, especially running a business. Like, you mm -hmm. know, sometimes you do feel really time poor. So for me, actually, this year has been a really big intentional practice of how can I be more intentional with my food? How can I prepare more? How can I create that container for more intentional eating, intentional living, intentional food? So now, like, definitely I spend a heck of a lot more on the right supplements, organic, you know, trying different seeds and things like that. And a few years ago, I just never ever would have thought I would be that person. Um, and you know, now things like soy, like I still can't drink dairy milk. So obviously I have like soy alternatives, but I, I feel like it's always growing. I feel like there's things that I can eat in certain periods and there's times where I can't eat other things. And I feel like definitely I'm so much more conscious of what I'm putting in my body, how sensitive it can be, um, and really just learning and honoring as I go. That's so good to so good to hear. And I always find people's journey with food absolutely fascinating. And I love learning how it's tied to their consciousness and their mm -hmm. awakenings and how they are moving through this new reality of life, I would say. But you, you're a teacher, so you're giving to people every day, whether it's through your podcast or your YouTube videos or writing books or one-on-one. -on -one. 
how do you take care of yourself? Because obviously you make sure to take care of yourself and work on yourself every day because you understand how the abundance that you give yourself will come back to you in other ways. Um, I'd love to learn a little bit about kind of your, your non-negotiables, the things that you do in the morning and in the evening to support your physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental bodies. And I think it's really important that we do walk our talk because um, I shared on my Instagram a while ago that when I hit day 2000 of my gratitude in my journal, because I always like write the day, people are like, oh, you've just posted that for Instagram. I'm like, no, genuinely, I've done every single day for 2000 days a gratitude practice. And for me, that felt like a really proud moment of I've dedicated 2000 days to this to my spirituality, to this practice. So for me, gratitude is definitely my non-negotiable. But it felt like a really proud achievement of, well, I do walk my talk because I know how powerful these practices are. And I know that regardless of whether I'm posting it or not online, I know how I wanna feel. And I know that, you know, having energy protection meditation every morning is my non-negotiable. I know that a gratitude practice is my non-negotiable. Then there's other things that go into that. Maybe one day I fancy doing some tapping, maybe another day I fancy pulling an oracle card. So there's, you know, certain things that I'm like, absolutely that is non-negotiable, but then I'm also open and flowing to other things because different seasons of our life will feel more drawn to different tools and practices. Um, Sometimes it will feel fun, sometimes it doesn't. And it's really important that we switch up that daily practice as much as we need to, because the number one reason why people fall off and aren't consistent is because it doesn't bring them joy. It doesn't give them the feeling and the vibration that they want. But sometimes just like we know with food, if you eat the same thing continuously, you're not always gonna get the same thing from it because you're just eating it continuously. Whereas the same with the daily practice, if you're doing something over and over and over again and it's not the most fun or it's not your manifesting superpower, it's gonna feel quite draining after a while. And then you think, oh, what's the point? Like, I just won't bother. So definitely I always try to spice it up in my daily practice, especially my morning ritual, um, and just see what I need in that moment. Tune in each day, what do I need? What do I feel like today? Do I feel like I have 15 minutes today or do I feel like I have five minutes today? So it really does change based upon how I feel, what time commitment I have, what my schedule looks like, and just, you know, what season of my life I'm in. And I think it's really important that we honor that because it will change. It definitely will change. And there's some days that I turn up to my gratitude practice and it's as easy as breathing. There's other days where it is like, you know, nails down a chalkboard for me where I'm like, I'm really having to dive deep today because it's, you know, something's going on and it feels really intense. And I'm like, right, I know this is gonna really set me up for today. And I know that just sitting in this moment for a couple of minutes is gonna shift everything. And it always does without a fail, like without a doubt. So for me, that gratitude is everything. And then in the evening, I guess I'm more sort of like flexible in the evening. I feel like the morning, I know I wanna set myself up success for the evening. It's more like, what do I really wanna do? What feels fun? What do I wanna do today? So I might do a bit of a self care routine. Um, I love reading. So normally reading at night is the time I get to fully sit down and be present with my books. So I like to read um, just before bed. I like to have as much off screen time as possible. Skincare ritual, obviously love pampering my skin and putting nice things and you know, obviously like a full 
simple skincare routine. So I would say it's more of like a pampering evening routine for me in that sense. But I think you have to find what works for you because a lot of people really thrive from like meditating at nighttime. I could not do that. I would be fast asleep. I would be like, I would not get what I need to from that meditation practice. Whereas some people, love it. They love meditating before bed. They love listening to subliminals. They love going to sleep with different audios on and that's what works for them. I'd love to know what you're reading right now or any books that you've read in the past few months that you would highly recommend. Yeah, so I am reading Chill and Prosper right now by Denise Duffel Thomas. And I read um, Get Rich Lucky Bitch by her earlier in the year. And I really loved that. So I was like, oh, I definitely want to read that because I'm about to take a couple months off work. So I was like, actually, I feel like the Chill and Prosper is exactly what I want to embody over the summer. So it's more of like a business book, which isn't my normal kind of go-to read. Um, I like more spiritual books and things like that. But I'm actually really loving it because it's got loads of practical things in there. Um, what other books have I loved recently? I really want to read Letters to a Starseed by Rebecca Campbell. I love her books. Yeah. Um, so that's her third book. So I need to get onto that this summer. What else have I read recently? So one of my, some of my classic book favorites are um, Raise Your Vibration by Kyle Gray. Love, love, love that book. Light is the New Black. Is that what it's called? by Rebecca Campbell. I think it's called that. <laughs> trying to remember all these book names now. Um, love that by Rebecca Campbell. Love Esther Hicks books, Abraham Hicks books as well. Definitely read them in the beginning. Rhonda Burns books I loved as well. Um, but yeah, I tend to have a bit of a mixture of books. They can be like really out there spiritual. Like I've got Diana Cooper's books as well. I love reading about the unicorns and Atlantis and all these really out there spiritual things. And then also love reading a business book as well and nonfiction as well, um, fiction books, sorry. So um, it depends what I want at that time. <laughs> Great suggestions. I appreciate it because we all need good summer reads. So mm -hmm. this is a really good list and definitely within the lines of what I look for too. Um, and you brought something up in your daily routines that I found really interesting. I personally experienced as I continue to wake up and grow and evolve and do this work where I'm half in the real world, half in the spiritual world, the more I share, I have found I get energetically attacked and mm -hmm. I have to shield more. And you talked about doing a shielding meditation. Did you have that experience that the more you shared with people about law of attraction, manifestation, how they can up level and control their lives in a positive way, did you feel like you were getting psychically attacked or energetically attacked? Yeah, absolutely. And I had no awareness, no knowledge. Um, you know, those things weren't spoken about in law of attraction books. Like I had absolutely zero knowledge that that was happening or that that could happen. And it was only when I met my good friend, George Lizos, who has written a book called Protect Your Light, incredible book, all on energy protection, that, um, you know, I started watching his work and we were chatting more as friends. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And I was just talking to him about some situations that had happened at that time and some really negative things that were happening that felt really, really odd and weird. And then I would feel like weird pain in my shoulder mm -hmm. and just like strange, you know, I was just chatting to him as a friend. And he's like, Emma, you really need to come along and do my like energy protection workshop. Like, you know, here's the link, come along, have a look and see if it resonates. And that hour workshop like changed my life forever because I was like, 
wow, like this makes so much sense that the pain I would feel on my shoulder every morning was like a psychic dagger and I had no idea that was there. So then I really developed, you know, like a, a daily energy protection meditation and practice, which changed everything because then I was like, oh, I feel lifted. I feel like I've got my own energy because what sometimes you don't realize is, is especially when you're empathic, which a lot of us spiritual folk are, when you go out in large crowds or you go out day to day, you're, you're going to attract, you're going to absorb people's energy as well. So sometimes we can absorb collective energy. We can absorb the energy from people around us. You know, we can see that in the physical when, you know, maybe you feel like you're having a really good day and then you meet up with a friend and they share like something really sad that's happened or they're just having a really down day and being sort of like, you know, quite negative. You go away and think, oh God, like I feel all this weight on me now. And that is that energy. Um, and you know, sometimes we can't control it. You know, a lot of my followers might say they might have a negative partner or someone they live with that they just feel this heaviness from. Um, so energy protection is really good. I think just good energy hygiene, just like we would have, you know, cleanliness and hygiene with our skincare or, you know, whatever. Having good energetic hygiene is really important because then your energy is your own and again even things like sharing manifestations online and sharing what I was working on as well I realized that was getting energy leakages and that then there was sort of like sabotage energy and all these weird things and George taught me all these things through his books through his webinars etc and I just thought wow, like people need to know about this. Like we just so freely share stuff online and talk about our manifestations and talk about stuff. Um, and again, like a lot of the time people don't even know they're actually sending stuff to you. It can be really, really subtle. You can have people who know what they're doing and it's very intentional. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time the, 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 you know, the things we do receive, if we do receive stuff, again, you may go out through life and not feel anything. But you know, when I think you have that awareness of being spiritual, you are just gonna feel that energy and you're, you're gonna experience these things more and more. So it's more of a case of, um, you know, George, my friend actually shares, you know, you wouldn't leave the house without sort of like brushing your teeth, doing your hair, getting dressed. So actually your um, energy hygiene is just the same. Like, you know, before you leave the house, put your protective cloak on, put your energy protection on. Um, and you know, if you were walking out the house and it was raining, you take your umbrella. So it's kind of just like getting into that routine where you see it more as just like good energy hygiene rather than anything fearful. Cause it's not anything to be fearful of, like you are in control, reclaim your power with it. But I think it's more of a case of just, I wish people knew more about it because then they would probably make a lot of sense of why you feel really down in a space. Or, you know, recently we moved into this new house and we've had endless, energy problems and I've never had that with a house before and I've had to have like professionals come in I've had to do all sorts yeah and it felt so confusing because I'm like oh my god like my sage isn't working my palo santo's not working my aura sprays aren't working my sound bowls aren't working and all these normal things I would do but sometimes you do just need that proper clearing sometimes you know you do need to kind of have that stuff in place um and that, you know, that space is going to teach you things as well. I'm learning so much from this process, which I wouldn't know before about energy protection. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? How, uh, how it works. It really is. And I think we can always be reminded to shield up. Um, mm -hmm. I know I always need the reminder to shield up. It's not until you start to feel the extra weight on you that you know, isn't yours that you yeah. start to remember, oh yeah, I need to shield up because I'm a sponge. And the mm -hmm. more conscious you get, the more you open up, the more 
you just naturally start to collect other things that people want to get off of them and you soak it up for them. And that that's not going to serve any of us with what we're trying to create. No, definitely not. And, you know, it's only going to, I don't want to say hinder, but it's, it, you know, it's kind of just going to limit your capacity for joy each day. And, you know, it's even like collective energy. It can be so sneaky. Like the other day, um, my friend said, oh yeah, this planet's conjuncting this and squaring this. I can't remember. I'm not an astrologist, but you know, I was like, oh my God, that's why I've been feeling so much frustration today. And like every DM I had, every conversation I had with a friend, they were like, oh, I just feel so agitated and frustrated today and like someone's really hacking me off. And, you know, even the planets can be doing crazy things and that's why we feel that impact. You know, we are affected by the planets, we're affected by the moon, the lunar cycles as well. So even just having that, every day and I've got a free um, energy protection meditation on my YouTube. It's literally a couple minutes long. Just doing that makes the whole world a difference and it's your energy. You know, you've reclaimed your power, you're in your sovereign power, you've got that protection there and you know, you will see a huge, huge difference with it. I'm so glad we talked about this and um, it's really impressive that you do this frequently. So I think, I think if there's one takeaway I'm going to take from our conversation is to start um, implying doing a shield every morning. I think that mm. can serve all of us. Is there anything that you ever do when you come home? Like if you've been out in large crowds or you've been traveling, is there something that you like to do to clear your shield um, a physical practice that you like to do? Yeah, I think it depends how I feel in that moment and how heavy it feels or if I feel like I need to do something. So every time's definitely different. But for me, definitely sometimes eating can be really good to just like ground in. So I might come in and get a snack or, you know, it might be dinner time anyway. So I might sit down for dinner. So I feel like eating um, food especially and drinking water is definitely good sort of just to ground you back in. Um, you could do a grounding practice as well, just imagining roots coming down from your feet into the ground, into Mother Earth. That I would say is not something I tend to do too much when I come back from big spaces, but if I really felt I needed that, then definitely I would do that. But I would say actually more often than none, I'll probably have a salt bath. So I'll just run myself a bubble bath, put a nice bath bomb in. Um, and you know, I'll put Epsom salt, Himalayan salt in because um, Epsom salt's really good for grounding and it clears the chakras as well. Same as the Himalayan salt. So Epsom salt I feel is better for clearing energy. Whereas Himalayan salt focuses more on the chakras they both kind of do the same thing. Um, but yeah, if you could get them together, fantastic. But if you wanted something specifically for energy clearing, I would say Epsom salt is probably the better one for that. So a good Epsom salt bath normally sorts me out and I feel like, oh, I've grounded in, I've landed in. I feel like it's really clear that you can feel it clearing from your body with mm -hmm. an Epsom salt bath as well. And especially when it goes down the drain afterwards. So that's probably what I do most often. Um, you could get like a crystal, like a good selenite wand or a clear quartz selenite is probably the best or even the darker crystals like black obsidian black tourmaline and you could just like wave it around you and wave it on your aura kind of like sweep it down away from you you could sage use some aura spray so there's lots of things you could do i would say aura spray and the epsom salt baths are probably what i turn to the most commonly i love that you brought that up especially the selenite wand because the meditation that i did last night before bed told me to start using the selenite wand again so <laughs> need to move it there away from my window and next to my bed. 
it's a sign you got to do it. <laughs> well, I also had a practitioner once tell me that putting your selenite next to your bed really supports with your loved ones who have passed, um, being able to better communicate with you while you sleep at night. So sometimes moving it by your bed is helpful if you want to hear some, some positive voices and get some nice messages. (laughs) I'm all right. I just want to go to sleep. (laughs) Everyone's different. Everyone's different. Well, I'd love to know, what are you really into right now? Is there anything in the health, wellness, spiritual space that you are just loving and devouring? I see, I feel like I go through phases with stuff definitely. And I'm like, oh, I really love that. Or I really love that. And I feel like sound healing. I've done sound healing for years. I've done like gong baths, sound bowls, um, all sorts, but actually learning it for myself so I can do it at my retreats is actually what I'm doing at the moment. So that feels really nice to learn more. We just did sound healing in the membership as well, my membership. So it's been really nice to learn about sound healing and learn actually how does this work? How does this help us? Um, and another thing I'm really loving is Healy at the moment as well, which is yeah, a bioresonance really. um, little device. You might, a lot of people tend to use them online now. Um, my um, One of my therapists I work with used it in her sessions and obviously has used it on me a lot over the years. And I was like, I need to invest in one. Like they're so good. I want one for myself so I can obviously wear the bands and have the resonance here instead of it being distance. Mm-hmm. So loving my Healy at the moment, exploring that, exploring how bioresonance and frequencies can help and heal, energy protect as well. Um, what else am I loving? I feel like I'm just loving a lot of healing things at the yeah, moment, just yeah. to like learn new skills and you know explore that for myself as well. Um, and EMDR, I love EMDR. Done that for many years. That's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's been really, really um, incredible for my PTSD that I got diagnosed with a few years ago. Um, hugely transformational for that and has been really fun to learn and bring to my clients as well. How did you find the EMDR professional that you work with? Yeah, so I've worked with a few. So when I first came across it, I was working with someone who did IEMT, which is Integral Eye Movement Therapy. So it's the sister therapy to EMDR. So they're basically the same, they're just slightly different ways that they're used. So I first got into that through my good friend Cameron and then George, who I mentioned earlier, he did it as well. So when we were doing some like past life regressions, we were integrating that. Um, and like spiritual sessions. And then, yeah, when I got diagnosed with PTSD, then I worked with a more traditional um, counselor who of course was spiritual as well, um, who, you know, I learned more EMDR methods from and trained with him in that as well. So yeah, I've worked with a few different people on IEMT and EMDR, um, but I've tried a lot over the years, a lot for healing. And I feel like that has been the one tour modality that's given me long lasting results, huge transformation and I feel so, so different from even like one session. Thank you for sharing that. I will look into it. So where do you tend to turn to keep learning? So if you ever go through a phase where nothing's sparking you up, how do you pause and wait for that new thing to come in? Nature. I think it's nature. I feel like books, if we were talking about something like practical, like I just love reading, I'm an author, so I just love reading, love writing. Um, But I definitely think nature has been the biggest teacher for me over the last few years of healing, 
for grounding, for connecting, for inspiration. And I feel like sometimes when we're in those moments in life where we're kind of brought to our knees by the universe and we're like, right, I've resisted, I've tried everything, I'm doing everything I can universe and nothing's working. Or, you know, you're trying to be like, oh, I just want that idea to come through. I just want that thing to work or whatever it is. Yeah. I feel like nature yeah. is that instant reminder of abundance first and foremost of how much abundance there is in the universe through nature. I feel like it's, you know, if you ever want a reminder of how abundant we all are just go in nature you are going to experience that in its full expression but I feel like nature has just been such a big teacher for me in terms of regulation in terms of healing in terms of like my spiritual connection as well and I feel like every time I immerse myself in nature I just feel that inspiration comes that channeling comes that connection that conversation with myself if if I need to have what is there whether it's on the beach whether that's in a forest if that's in my garden if that's walking the dog um you know there's so many nature moments and experiences we can have um and I just feel like we can learn a lot from nature thank you so much for so many of your teachings today and for opening up so much and letting us know the things that are working for you right now and are helping you continue to evolve and grow. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Whitney. I've really enjoyed it. So where can people continue to learn from you, read your books, take your courses, get one-on-one time, share all the places? Yeah, so you can find me on pretty much most social media platforms, Instagrams, where I hang out the most, at I am Emma Mumford, same way that Mumford and Sons is spelt. And also you can find everything on my website, emmamumford.co.uk. So you can find my books, my courses, the membership, podcasts, literally everything on there. Fantastic. And you guys, Emma has, you know, you probably already know about Emma's podcast, but an outstanding top podcast. So I highly suggest you guys tune in if you haven't yet. It's a great place to go to get information no matter where you are, what you're doing, you're traveling, heading to work. That's why I love podcasts. I'm a huge podcast junkie. I have been for many years. I just think it's one of the best tools for learning because you can do it anywhere, anytime. Absolutely. And you'll have to come and listen to Whitney's episode on my podcast. (laughs) Yay! Such a treat. Well, thank you so much for your time today. So much to continue to learn from you. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Whitney. All right. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are tuning in from to help more listeners like and find this podcast. And if you really loved what you heard today, pay it forward and send this episode to a friend or loved one. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. You can find me and follow along on my chef adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers to you and your health. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.